0: Welcome back to the Max Effort Kitchen podcast. We got a great segment for you. It's called The Athlete and the Chef. So sit back, relax, and let's go. All right. Welcome to Max Effort Kitchen. We are live on Instagram and YouTube. Again, it actually worked. Uh, I am your host, Matt. This is my co host, good friend Cornell, also known as the People's Master. And I didn't tell you this last time, but, uh, I lifted with, uh, Donald on Christmas Eve, uh, no Christmas Eve, Eve. And he was like, I think Cornell's new name needs to be the, uh, the people's professor. <laughs> <laughs> and he was talking about, it, he was like, man, that guy knows more about recovery and just like weightlifting than, than anybody. And I'm like, okay, well, well, we'll throw that out there. See what happens. So you might be the people's professor as well.
1: That'd be kind of funny. Uh, I got to lift yesterday with my friend Kyle, and um, it was kind of funny because to me, I'm just me. Like, to you, or to me, you're just you. It's not like, oh my gosh. But he was like, no, you're like famous. I'm like, what? (laughs) No. I'm just some old guy who's been doing this for a long time. He's like, no. Like, it all started back in weightlifting house when, when you asked that question. So for people who don't know, I asked a question a very, very long time ago, like 2017 or 18, I think 18. Okay. On the Patreon. And I said, I asked an honest question and I said, Hey, I've got a 195 kilo front squat and a 200 kilo back squat. Should I, focus on my back squat or just accept that i'm good at front squatting and they basically rip me apart nicely (laughs) and they're like oh he's probably just one of those guys who can squat a lot but i bet he's not snatching more than like maybe a 100 kilos probably more like 85 to 90 and he's probably like a 125 130 clean and jerker and he's just that's just kind of how he's built, <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, oh, really?" Oh, and then I, really? when it came on, I remember exactly where I was on the freeway, and I, I got off the freeway to go someplace, and I immediately sent them videos of my 140 snatch and my 160 clean and jerk, and I, and then the next episode, they're like, "Oh yeah, that guy Cornell, we were way off." <laughs> <laughs> You know, and then they actually answered my question. Yeah, and there I'm you go. Of... It's
0: like you had to prove yourself a little bit. <laughs> so. No, it's funny because the last time they talked about you, because there's been a couple shows recently where your question has come up uh, and they were like, they said something. No, they this wasn't a question. They were just talking about, um, you know, getting, <laughs> getting old and still lifting and if it's doable to hit big weights. And I think Josh said something about like, well, you know, Cornell George – He's, you know, he's, he's up there and they both thought you were, uh, in your late thirties. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just uh, it, and I don't think that they listen to this, but just in case they do, um, Cornell, you are how old? 41.
1: I'm almost 42. You're March, almost
0: 42. March. Yeah.
1: I'll be 42. There you go.
0: I mean, 42 years old and you're totally over 300 pounds,
1: <clears throat> you know,
0: <throat> I, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> it's a saturday it's the middle of the day and holy crap i can't believe i just said that
1: That's
0: right. uh, <laughs> yeah no i think um i think uh you're you're in a really good spot and it it's it's funny because people you know there's this stipulation that once you get old you can't lift and and I was, and you know, I'm not going to talk too much about this documentary because you haven't watched it yet, and I want to mm-hmm. actually talk to you about it after you watch it. But you know, the final attempt document docu series. I think the episode five just dropped in December, and it's been something that we've been watching as a household. I've watched it twice now, and you know, we like it. Um, but they're all very pretty young, and there's there's a comment by one of the lifters where she's like, "I'm a grown woman. I'm 24 years old," and I'm thinking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like you're a grown child yeah <laughs> you're a grown <laughs> child yes uh
0: but at, at at 24 and you know she's been to the olympics and she's done you know multiple quads and and all this stuff like if she kept with lifting which she was actually pretty um pretty upfront about how she you know her her run is coming to an end who is this but it, uh kate uh vibrant okay And she talks about how, like, this is her last run and all this stuff. And, and, uh, but if she were to keep going, like, do you think that she would have the ability to be able to total high at the age of 45? Or do you think people like you and us that got into the, um, the sport later, like I didn't start till 37, I think, um, like, do you think that that, that plays a big part in, in like what? You know, we are lifting versus what somebody who started at 18.
1: So, somebody told me this a long time ago, like nearly when I started, probably the first year, is they were a little bit older than me. And I think I had snatched at that point around 115 ish. And they're okay. like, man, I wish I could have seen what you lifted when you were like, I wish I could have seen you as an athlete when you were 22. I'm like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I did wakeboarding in the summer and I did snowboarding in the winter. And that was right. Right. And then someone else said, well, there's generally people can either lift a lot when they're young or they can lift a lot when they're old, but they can't do both. Uh, Because generally, if you if you do it when you're young and you these people are going balls to walls. Right. And their their goal is the Olympics. Their goal is to set these like national and world records and make these teams and do all these things. And they're willing to sacrifice what the rest of their life is going to be down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, The bummer is realistically, I don't think these people know what that means. And it's, it's going to be sad for a lot of these people in my opinion, because they don't understand that you're, uh, I'm thinking of uh, Ryan Grimslin, for example. Okay. That guy weighs nothing in weight and lifts so much weight and right. it, I'm not saying it's terrible technique but it's very crashy and I'm always shocked he's not folding in half.
0: Right, right.
1: He's I think 21 or 22 years old. He's got 60 plus years ahead of him. And he's not taking into account that. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I think right now, because I, what I told these people when I was talking to them is I'm like, I'm glad I didn't do this when I was younger because mm-hmm. I went, I was, uh, what do they call it, pedal to the floor, pedal to the metal, like for everything I did in snowboarding yep. and wakeboarding. And mm-hmm. I was injured so many times with that kind of stuff. But the real nice part with the, that combo of sports is you have a forced two to three months between seasons right, where you're going to recover. And I think I could have just been one of those idiots who just didn't care about the future. And like, I'm already beat up enough. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine having 15 years of weightlifting being that young and really not caring. So, yeah.
0: And, and, you know, kind of what I hear you, you talking about is as you're like saying this stuff and, and it like totally makes sense. You know, I was, I was in the same boat where I went balls to the wall in football for a good portion of my youth life. And then pretty much stopped um, for about five years of doing anything because of how beat up I was. But, um, there's also the aspect of, uh, for most people, uh, maturity, you know, maturity and understanding when to lift and when not to lift understanding when to take lifts, understanding how to approach technique, You know, um, I would imagine, and this could be a complete ignorant statement, but I would imagine that, um, somebody at that age, and I'm just going to say between the ages of 18 and 24 at that age, you know, you have a coach and your coach is telling you exactly what to do. Like, you're not making your own decisions for the most part, I'm guessing. Um, and so, you know, you, then you fast forward to, you know, lifters of our age where we have to make our own decisions, we have to be the the people that that regulate the self regulators of ourselves. We have to pick our programmings. We have to pick the people we lift at, lift with. We have we have to pick the food we eat. We have to make the food we eat. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's a whole different ball game. Um, and that's kind of why when I'm when I'm looking at like international lifting versus what we do, like to me it's a whole different sport. You know like it's, it's professional versus amateur, right? Sure. But there's, when you get to that professional level, there's a whole different aspect of like life. Um, and one thing I noticed in that documentary and exactly what you just said, they get beat up. I mean, it's every 12 weeks they're at an international or even national competition and they're trying to qualify and they're a session and they're battling like, It was pretty, it's pretty cool. I, I, am looking forward to seeing and hearing, um, you know, what you think of it when you do watch it and all that. It's, it's, I mean, you can get through it. And if you went back to back, like you get through it in probably like two and a half hours, it'd be like watching a movie. Okay. Um, but like I watched the first time I watched it, I watched a couple episodes on my own and then I went back and, you know, talked to told Alana about it. And I was like, so you should watch this, you know, check it out. And so she started watching it. Then the kids came in and we all watched it all the way through again. So that was cool. Nice. Um, but it, you know, it's interesting. It, it is, it is interesting. And you feel the, uh, the burn from what they are doing and the coaches talk about it. So that's probably part of it, but enough about that. Uh, So let's see, last, technically last episode of 2023, I'm not going to make it too big of a deal about it, but uh, it's been a pretty good year. How about yourself?
1: Yeah, it was. So let me see. What's today's date? Today's the 30th. Yes. Uh, One year ago tomorrow, I left my old weightlifting team. Yeah. Actually, I think you did too. I was same day. Yes. Not, not intentional, but it just happened to be that way so i have had a lot of reflection of last year versus this year and Mm -hmm. just the differences and the relationships that have been built the relationships that i thought were real friendships that turned out were absolutely not um and i am in such a better headspace now than i was a year ago um i think that that was just a very There was a lot of pressure to to compete, a lot of pressure to do well, a lot of pressure to uh, basically like just make the coach happy. Yeah. And there was no making that coach happy when it really came down to it. And then now being in the situation where I am now, it's like complete opposite. It's like everyone is just happy to to be around. We're all stoked to lift together. Like when you guys come down, it's always like you've seen how it is. Yeah. Um, open it's arms. It's it's yeah. not like oh you're the you're the remote people. It's it's <laughs> it's like cool. Are you are you gonna come more often? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when are we gonna see you next? <laughs> and I talked to my wife a couple days ago, and I said I was gone for I believe seven days this year yeah. for weightlifting. Yeah, I was two days in t- in Kentucky, two days in Portland, and then a two or three days in Pleasanton. Yeah, for AO two. Yep, that was it. Last year I was gone for fifty four days for weightlifting. That's crazy. And I was not only was I gone for fifty four days, but I didn't do everything, and I was guilted about not doing everything that I was expected to do. Correct. In places I was expected to be at. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah, interesting. Big time, different year. And yeah. then uh, Kayla was all excited and she's like, oh yeah, this actually, I didn't even think about it. This has been great. And I'm like, go, well, next year I'm going to travel a little more. <laughs> <laughs> <Ba-bum>. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um,
0: well, you know, I, uh, I, similar boat. Somebody asked me like uh, a friend of mine that also um, he dabbles in weightlifting. He doesn't compete or anything, but he was like, so. Like, how was your year? And I was like, you know, um, it was like, it's like a year of, of uh, kind of uh, transition. And that's what it was. And, you know, like when I started on uh, in weightlifting, I did start on the same team as you were just spoke of. And like, I, you know, that's all I knew. And so uh, when I made the decision to leave that team, uh, it was like, okay, well, it, it's like when you, when you, I, uh, <laughs> I don't don't want to compare it to anything weird, but like, it's, it's just like when you go out on your own, you know, when you get a new apartment, Oh, all right. I get to decorate my own place or I get to, you know, put the couch in the bedroom if I want to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that's kind of what it was for a couple months was like, okay, well, I'm going to figure out like what I'm going to do here. So I'm just going to lift, have fun and, and, uh, you know, not to worry too much about it. I did make a, a big proclamation that I wasn't doing any national events last year. And I didn't, I did a couple local events and that was fun um, focused on the podcast more and just like really, um, I took, I took this past year is just like to learn and to, uh, actually see and, and understand different points of views, different perspectives, different, um, realms of the sport. And I'll tell you, like, I've barely even like touched the iceberg. Like it is, it's cool. And I, and like, I'm going to, I'm going to echo what you said. Like I'm in such a better place right now. Like I used to, I, I don't know. There used to be such a, like a negative feel about like lifting in my garage and all that. And now I'm like, I, there's nowhere I'd rather live. Like I really <laughs> enjoy it. Now, do I like getting out to other gyms? Absolutely. Um, but like I've, I have, you know, maybe it's just the time and place I'm in now, but like I love lifting in my garage right now and it's, it's a lot of fun and it's, I, I feel like it was a good transition and a good learning experience. Um and it just, you know, leveled up a little bit more in the sport. It was fun. It was good.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's great. And I'm not trying to, I don't wanna like cause any drama or whatever, but I right. did feel very validated. I'm not gonna drop names or anything, but that team shut down. The coach yeah. gave up yeah. and he he quit because And the the reality of it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a healthy team. Yeah. And the leader moved on. And I mean, I hope that all the the lifters who were there are going to kind of have their eyes opened a little bit and move on and see how, what the rest of the world actually is like, not through the tainted view, but um, it did feel a little bit validating when um, it ended. And it was like, okay, that book is officially closed now. Yeah.
0: And that way of looking at that, you know, people uh, think uh, everything, you know, I, I live by this statement and I don't say it very often, but everything in life happens for a reason. And it just, it is what it is. And you just, you, you find your way, you make your shit happen. And, and uh, if it doesn't work out, then you move on. Yeah, And uh, that's, that's what I kind of uh, felt that was, was a really positive part in my life and in uh, lots of people's lives I know as well. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna do just what I just said, and we'll move on past that. Uh, but 2024, man, it's coming; it's two days away, and like I would like to sit here and be like, "Yeah, I got all this stuff planned," but I got one thing on my mind right now, and I can't tell you how excited I am for it, <laughs> and that's Masters Nationals. Like I am so pumped. Like my session last night was like, "All right, this is like." you know, day negative one, because my day one is going to be, uh, you know, Tuesday or Monday, sorry. Um, and, uh, I'm starting this journey of like getting ready for a pretty big event that I did fairly well at the last time I, I went, um, I lifted in a session, took fifth and I pro and I have was set up to take third. If I would have made my jerk, maybe I would have, <laughs> but I did not. So, um, and uh, so I'm looking, real, I'm looking forward to it. You know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to have, obviously uh, you said you were going to be there if you can make it, which I think mm-hmm. you are. Um, yep. And then, you know, we're going to have you know, Stephanie, I think Ryan are, is going to be there. And so like, I'm excited about that aspect of it. It's about the community, the, the masters, you know, community, mm-hmm. like I'm super stoked about that. Like I love Seen people that I've interviewed on here or even talked to through online. And, and just like, that's, that's, that's my main focus right now. And, uh, I'm super excited. And so that kind of brings me to this idea <laughs> that I had Cornell and this, this is going to be an interesting one. And I, I, I'll, I'll be interested to see the reaction. So I had a thought, you know, then as I was watching this documentary and I was like, you know, um, it, how cool would it be to like and I'm sure people have done this, but like document like 90 days out to a major competition, right mm-hmm. And document every day, you know like, like a day in the life of what what it takes to prepare up to um, a, a national event and then how you um, how you compete and then kind of a recap like that would be a fun little experiment. Now here's the other side of that experiment. So let's do one. Um, you know, how I just regular lead up everything. And then <laughs> you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> and then I want to find another national event 90 days out and let's do it dirty. <laughs> let's document what it's like to do it dirty. Take the two year uh, sanction that you're probably going to get <laughs> when you get tested. But then like, then you have like straight up data of the difference (laughs) what it would be like because i always like i wonder like what would it be like you know and like how much of how much of an edge is it and like (laughs) and then put that out there and like be like you know what i i fully accept my two-year sanction like I knew this, you know, obviously don't talk about it leading up. Cause they probably wouldn't, maybe they, I don't know if they would let you compete if they, if like you were outwardly spoken about it. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either, but like, Holy crap. How freaking crazy would that be? I mean, they
1: let Lasha compete. <laughs>
0: oh boy. I don't know. I, I think it's some crazy things, especially when I'm, you know, in the middle of my training sessions and I got a lot of caffeine in me, but um <laughs>
1: Oh, no, that, would, that, would, that would be a very interesting thing to, to like to do and document from what I heard is, uh, I think Ian Wilson, he, he, I knew somebody who was on our team who got to know Ian pretty well through text messages and phone calls and was actually getting like, a little bit of programming from him and video analysis and that kind of thing. And okay. uh, don't reach out to Ian and ask for these things because he won't do it for anybody. <laughs> yeah, but, totally. Um, I think he took this one person. I'm not even going to say who or what their assumed gender is. <laughs> but uh, took him under his wing like a little chicken. And I think he just was like, this guy if you know who he was it's the perfect situation okay um and i think he was planning on doing or he had like a bunch of documented stuff where he was like i'm taking this i'm taking this and he was thinking about putting it out there but i could be way off it was a couple years ago when all that stuff can't kind of came out
0: right right i don't know i just uh You know, I mean, selfishly, I would love to see the effects of it. And I don't know, maybe maybe uh, I'm being irresponsible because of what it would do to your health. But people are doing it all the time. I mean, it's out there and it's everywhere. Um, So I don't know, just just a kind of a funny conversation or kind of funny thought in my head. I, you know, I am going to do my best to to document um, like, you know, what I'm eating every day, uh, my sleep and all of that stuff, that's for a selfish reason, because I want to go, be able to go back and say, Hey, you know, how did I do this? Um, I did this this way this time, and this is how I performed. Maybe if I take and, you know, switch it up a little bit or, or maybe get an hour or two more sleep or eat, you know, switch up my meals or, you know, switch in training areas, like how that affect my overall outcome in the performance. And, you know, I think that, uh, using data is kind of a buzzword in a way, because, you know, we lift how we lift on any given day, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before, like personally, um, you know, I think this came from my early success in football, but like, personally, I am a a game day type person. I, Mm -hmm. I, I try when I train, I'm consistent and I work hard. I don't always lift well in training. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty normal. Um, but like when it comes to training or the game day, even if I'm hurt, I'm still trying to perform and like, that's just, that's kind of like in my work ethic, but like, you know, what do you think about that?
1: No, I think that game day is, that's always going to be a coin flip. Um, you have pretty good odds that you should be okay, but it's still probably going to be, uh, it's it, there's still a lot of luck involved. Yeah, uh, especially being a master. I've said this before, like you don't know if your peak is going to be the day of competition, the Friday before or the Friday after nice. Like one of those three yeah. days will be a very good day. <laughs> this is um, true. <laughs> but I think that oftentimes people are getting tired and they're missing lifts leading up to the meet, but that's when you're starting the peak and that's when your body is broken down. And when you are, aren't supposed to be feeling good. And then once you taper it back, that's when you have a, a nice little recovery and then you can really put that last bit on the line and let it go. Um, and hopefully that all works out on the right day at the right time with, with everything you're trying to do. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. And I mean, it, you're right. It, it, it's such a, there's a timing thing and it's just based off of how your body, but I just wonder, I guess where that comes from is wondering how much as athletes, like how much we can actually, actually, actually like manipulate the end end process, like sure. the results, like how much control do we really have? Because you, I mean, especially lately, I've been hearing a lot of uh, podcasts talking about like programming. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the way that they're trained and how many days you're training and how you're training and what you're doing in training. But like, you know, I mean, we all know the quote, a program is only as good as the athlete, right? It's only as good as who's doing it. Like it can be the greatest one in the world, but like, if you're not consistent on it, you're not going to be, it's not going to be successful. So like, we don't really like the program is the program. It's already written down. The control is how we perform it. Um, but like outside of that, we have control on our sleep, our eating, um, the drugs we take, <laughs> <laughs> or, or don't take, or whatever. Um, but like, I, I just yeah, I just wonder how much control, and I'm I, I don't know I, these kind
1: of things pop in my head. <laughs> yeah, I think some of the other stuff is I'm I'm personally I'm not a data person like yeah. at all. Yeah, I could I mean I I did function for over a year without a program, mm-hmm. um, just kind of doing it based on how i felt and i didn't i didn't do bad i didn't i didn't accelerate but i didn't get worse and i got very consistent with the weights i was able to hit yeah Uh, but if you a lot of people put so much belief in the program but it the program so like for example a program for let's say Kitts him and i are in the same weight classes okay like we both go up and down (laughs) right right Whatever his program is, I would be ruined on. I can almost guarantee. <laughs> and it's. It, you got 20 years on him, right? Well, it has a lot to do with a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> okay. um, if you look at how much volume he's doing and how he doesn't. Well, he, he has a, a more normal job now. I think he's a gym owner. But yeah. Leading into the last quad, he he didn't have a real job. His job was to recover. His job was to do all that kind of stuff that program with his coach got him to the Olympics. Yeah. It doesn't matter what that program was. That program would not work for me. Right. Like I would break, I would probably Mm -hmm. die. I would not be able to function. I wouldn't be able to get it done. Um, So it's, it's much more than it's not just the program. It's the program plus the person do those two things add up.
0: Well, and that, okay. So, and I wrote this down pre-show and I didn't say it when we talked about it, but like, that that actually brings up a, a question that I was going to pose to you is like, okay, and and maybe we'll we'll turn uh, I'll put it in, in terms of like what you just said. Like, take take your life, and say someone walked up to you today and said, "Hey, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay you your monthly salary. Um, I'm going to make sure you have food. I'm gonna make sure that you have the money you need, um, and I want you to train for." you know, four years. Okay. And I want, I, I want to see, you know, what you can do and, I, and I'm going to make sure, and I'm going to coach you and I'm going to make sure you have money and I'm, I, you're not going to have any responsibilities outside of, you know, maybe your family. Right. Um, and, uh, do you think you could perform that at that point? <laughs> <laughs>
1: At the, right. a, know, at, the, at the age that I am. Yeah. That yeah. would be the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I think Wes Kitts is about 30. Okay. Um, so I know that he has the amount of, like, reps and weight that his joints have taken are much more than mine are. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm almost 42 years old. My knees are 42 years old. My shoulders are 42 years old. It's... um. I, I do have 25% more time. Actually, I have, I, I just learned about this. I have <laughs> okay. 33% more you, or wear and tear on my body than he does. Interesting. How did you because, figure that out? Well, he's 30, let's okay. say 30 and I'm 40. Okay. So for him to get from 30 to 40 is 33% more time interesting for me to go from 40 to 30 is taking away 25%. Okay.
0: Okay. That makes sense.
1: <laughs> but I have that much more wear and tear just on my body in general. So I don't know if I could necessarily do everything that is being put out there. I could do a whole lot more, right. but I don't think I could necessarily be doing double and triple days and all that kind of a thing.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting thought. And I think that you take, uh, if, um, it just shows that age plays that much in, in what's going on. And it's like, and that kind of go back to my little stupid social experiment that like, <laughs> you know, what if somebody, you know, what if somebody came to you and said same thing, but here like the uh, what's that documentary on Netflix, Ikebob or no Icarus Icarus. Yeah. where he, they were like, we're going to basically <laughs> give you a doctor. That's going to make sure that you can take all the right, mm-hmm. you know, drugs to be able to perform the way that everybody else is. Do you think that that has a, um, I wonder, and this is a lot of thinking on this podcast, Mm -hmm. but like, I wonder like if that has, if that plays a part in age as well, like how would that, I wonder, it's just, these questions pop in my head because I'm just like, you know, I mean, when I watch international lifting, I really start thinking about the, the age old like debate of like American lifters are clean and, and, um, all these international lifters are not. And so, you know, and that's a very broad statement. I know that, but, um, at the end of the day, like, is there really anybody in this sport that's actually clean? Do you think
1: I had this conversation with Kyle a little bit yesterday? Uh, there's a guy I've listened to on a handful of podcasts, like anything drug related is always so entertaining because you're like, you you, you have that, you listen to things and in your brain, you're like, Oh, what if I did this? And what if I did mm-hmm. that? And mm-hmm. Would I be a superhero? And all this kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, I don't remember his name, but he, he goes by the evil genius and he's self admitted that he's on the spectrum and he is very obsessive over things. And he's basically committed his whole life to drugs in sport. He said 25% of his clients are weightlifters. Yeah. And yeah. he's, uh, he said, it, I'm not saying I'm not going to, put out there who any of these people are, but I'm not saying they're non-American weightlifters. They are weightlifters. Right. And his big thing is he talks about like, you take different things for different times for different purposes. You take something. If you have an end goal, then you take something. If you're yeah. going to do a big volume cycle and you want to get as big as possible, you're going to take one thing. If you want to get really strong and shredded, you're going to take something else. And it it's like, it's just like a different accessory movement for what is recommended to be taken. Right. So I don't even remember why we're talking about this.
0: (laughs) Oh, it was my, my my little project. And because I I was posing uh, a question to you about whether
1: Americans are, are clean or not. And that,
0: yeah, kind of that. Like, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to go down that road because, you know, I'm not trying to make, you know, anything, anybody look any group of person look bad, but I'm just like, you
1: know, I I um I, I try my, not to think about it, I guess What is sure.
0: what I'm trying to say? I think
1: well, what I was talking with Kyle about yesterday is I said, in my opinion, in every single weightlifter who's been weightlifting long enough could be popped for something, whether they know it or not. Right. Whether but there's also a lot of stuff that people do that are, are it's not allowed in competition versus out of competition and Um, I know a handful of people who've been sanctioned based on marijuana, right? And it's, it's not allowed in competition and they didn't do it in competition, but they smoked a lot, like too close to competition where there was still (laughs) too much in their system. Yeah. It doesn't mean they were high, but that kind of things happen. Uh, when I was in, uh, uh, Las Vegas in 2018, I didn't know this. I'm thankfully didn't get tested, but <laughs> you can't, you're not allowed to take Sudafed, the real stuff that's behind the counter in competition, because there's a part of minifene or whatever. There's, there's something in there that they use to make meth Yep, and it helps you focus and it helps you concentrate. Yeah. Yeah. And I was having a complete allergy attack. And right before my competition, I went to target, I bought Sudafed, I popped two of them uh immediately all my symptoms went away right right and then when i found out after that i could i would have gotten in trouble if i got drug tested i was like oh my gosh like i think there's so much stuff that you don't even know like yeah. that you're not allowed to take
0: well that's interesting because um signing up for this uh masters nationals you know i had to renew my uh usada uh advanced athlete advantage tutorial training. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my computer kept telling me, I think I told you guys just on Polo, but my computer kept telling me that I was only 87% complete. And so I'm like, I couldn't figure out how to complete it. So I went through the whole process, like probably five times. And so I'm really well-versed on how to find (laughs) out if something's illegal or not. Um, but, you know, I, they they make you watch a video in that. And it has a, a former Olympic athlete talking about how, you know, she had a supplement company approach her and she started taking the supplements and then she got popped because of something that was in that non-regulated, uh, supplement. And, yeah, and, and that just goes to your point of like, you know, you just don't know, like you could have somebody that is, uh, you know, whatever ADHD and, and diagnosed with it and everything's legit and their doctor has them on Adderall, you know, that's, that's banned. Like yeah. that's a performance enhancing drug. Um, and so it's, it, it just, it kind of sometimes makes me wonder about like, um, you know, we're, there's so many, uh, bans on so many things to try to make, um, this, the sport so uh, as clean as everybody wants it to be. Um, but, um, there's so many ways around it and it's just like, it's constant, like cat and dog battle. Like you're, you're you know, one you saw is going to come over here and, and get better testing. And then somebody's going to figure out how to beat that testing. And then, you know, it's a constant thing. And, um, I wonder what it would be like if they just had a, uh, like I've heard that powerlifting has this where they have a, a federation that. Completely understandable. Everybody does it. Everybody knows about it. And then mm-hmm. they have a clean one. Yeah. I mean, I wonder what
1: that would look like. Yeah. And so back to that evil genius guy. He says it's not clean. It's tested. <laughs> it's tested. That's a good thing. So point. and he's like he he said nothing is clean. Yeah, it's tested. It's can yeah. you beat a test? Yeah. And like I have a friend who applied for a UE for uh he has narcolepsy. He falls. He can fall asleep anytime.
0: This story is crazy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> USAW said they would not give it to him because that's not a life-threatening uh, <laughs> thing. And so he cannot be on that medicine. And it, he has to be off of it for like four or six weeks for it to clear his system before competition. So some of this stuff, like who knows what... I don't think that having something that's going to keep you from falling asleep while driving yeah, yeah. <laughs> is going to give you that much of an advantage. And I think it, especially in masters weightlifting, it's like, this is our hobby. Yeah. This needs to not, you, the rest of your life shouldn't be so affected because you want to do a competition, right. uh, that, that you can't live your life how you're supposed to live the 90% of your life that's not weightlifting.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really, really, really good way of putting it. Um, it's interesting because, uh, especially you know, masters lifters, you know, we we need every every piece of anything we can get just to keep on going. And and I, I that's probably an overstatement for me to say that because we're you know we're uh, like you and I, other masters lifters I know, we're pushing hard, we're we're, we're lifting. We're going to competitions we're having fun still i always think about what it's going to be like in my 50s mm-hmm. you know um where, where how the how the sport's going to transform um because it's going to at some point like yeah i'm, I'm sure i'll still lift but I, I would hope to be in the sport in a different realm maybe yeah. you know coaching um being a part of a team um, being, you know, helping with nutrition on a team, like anything. And that's, that's one thing about like this sport that I really love. And I think you and I have talked about this before, which is like, once you, once you stop being an athlete, like there's so many avenues you can go down to still be a part of the sport. And I think that brings a lot of value to a sport when you can do that. Um, and I think most, most professional sports probably have that, but, I don't think it's as accessible as, as weightlifting makes it. I mean, I, I think somebody, I forget who I heard this from, but they, they used to, Oh, I know I used to call uh weightlifting <laughs> a free market. Right. Uh-huh. And, and it kind of is like, you can just go and I could go and, you know, start a new line of shoes and start selling them. No sure. regulation there. Right. Um, <clears throat> which, uh, is, is a cool thing. I, I really, I think I really enjoy that. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I think one of the other things I don't still just on the same topic. Yeah. Um, I I've had this conversation with some other master lifters where I'm like, you know what? I love this sport for what it is. I don't right. love this sport for competing. Right. And eventually once I'm quote unquote done competing like I'm probably going to go on some sort of a TRT or something like that, where it's going to allow me to keep doing this sport. Exactly. But I'm not going to be able to compete at that point right. because then I'm not allowed to. Yeah. Uh, but it's one of those dumb things where I can still do the, I can still do what I love. And even though I do enjoy the competition side of it, I enjoy the lifting side of it more than the com- competing thing.
0: I completely agree with you on that because I, I, it's the daily lifting. It's the people it's, it's like hitting the numbers. It's talking about it. It's the community. Like, I mean me, um, I, I compete, I think at the most three times a year and Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. That works for my life. Um, if I was younger in a, in a, in a different spot and no family and, and, uh, just a job and not a career, then should I be doing it all the time? That's why I look at what you did two years ago. And I'm like, man, that <laughs> it's impressive, right? Like, Holy crap. This guy has a career, a family, and like he competed almost 11 times <laughs> throughout the year. Like that it's pretty cool. Um, but uh, I just think that um, the, the lifting part of it is so much more fun than the competing, because when you get into competing, it's like, it's fun. I love doing it. It's like game day, but there's just so much more to it.
1: Yeah. And I, like most of the weightlifting gyms are generally some sort of affiliated or attached to a CrossFit gym. Yeah. If you look at your general person in there, who's going to be in their upper forties, fifties, maybe even sixties, if they were on some sort of a TRT or something like that, just going in there five days a week, being healthy. People aren't going to be like, oh, that person's cheating. They shouldn't be here. They're going to be like, this is awesome. Look at them. They're 60 something years old and they're still getting in five classes a week. And they're still, they're modifying what they need to. Uh Uh-oh. I think that's more, I I just. I
0: I lost him. Oh, no. Oh, no. There you are. (laughs) There it is. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, it froze for a second there. I was like, Oh God, I lost him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. You know, it's funny because when I was really heavily into CrossFit, there was a gentleman that came in for open gym and he would go back in the back of the room to the weightlifting area. His name was, his name was Jim and he was probably like five foot four, maybe I think he was 58 years old and he was preparing for a competition. And I remember looking at my wife and a couple of my friends there. And like, after getting to know them a little bit, I'm like, that's the guy I want to be right there. <laughs> like, I want to be going in and getting in the open gym at 59 years old and back there snatching and clean jerking. Like that is, <laughs> <laughs> it was so cool, you know? And I was like, I was what, 35 at the time. And I'm mm-hmm. just looking at it. Like, that's the dude right there. And, um, yeah, I, I think the sport allows us to do that. So, uh, Moving on, Cornell, what are you making for New Year's? What, like, what kind of food are you eating? I
1: don't really know even what's kind of going on for New Year's. But okay. I will tell you, uh, on Christmas, I made cinnamon rolls. But what I ended up doing that was a little bit different is I slit, I thinly sliced a bunch of apples Okay, And I rolled those into the cinnamon rolls to make an apple cinnamon roll. Oh, and that was i I only made it for like probably three or four of them, but I should have made it for all of them. Oh, yeah, no kidding. That sounds fantastic.
0: So nice work, dude. I mean, you know, uh, we always do like every fried food possible, like <laughs> finger foods. I mean i'm I'm just deep frying for. For a you know, hot second in the kitchen about and then, and mind you, it's usually generally only Alana and I that eat the food. But like at the same point, <laughs> i'm I'm gorging i'm I'm eating I'm not I might stay up till midnight. It's not something that like um it's not a big holiday around here. Yeah, we play games. We play board we play old school board games, and uh, that's that's fun. that's that's our fun for New Year's.
1: My daughter was like, I don't want to go to this party because they said that they're going to go till one o'clock. And <laughs> she's like, and then like you guys would have to come pick me up. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> whoa. whoa there. <laughs> yeah.
0: We don't want like, you to go to that either. <laughs> I
1: was like, I think you should have friends over here. They can all yeah. spend the night.
0: There you go. There you go. Yeah, no, it's, it's one of those holidays that when I was younger, I was always like anticipated and then never was as cool as I thought it was going to be. So <laughs> now that I'm older, I'm like, you know what? We just, we have fun here and call it a day. <laughs> I work the next day anyways. So, yeah. <laughs> um, cool, man. I mean, 45 minutes, it's been a great show. I do. Okay. I gotta, I gotta say, give a shout out because, uh, Kilo Pino just jumped on the line. I see him on our Instagram. What's up, Kilo? Um, we did this early show for you, buddy, uh, but uh, we'll try to get some more early shows in. Uh, I think this is, I mean, it's its a doable time. We yeah. could throw throw it in once or twice a month and and uh, see about that. Now that we're like live on all these <laughs> crazy platforms, this is this <laughs> insane. Um, that is one thing I'm going to do in 2024 is I'm going to figure out a better way to manage my technology Okay. <laughs> so I'm not typing over here while you're talking because like, that's, <laughs> that's annoying. Um, anyways. Uh, yeah. That's, that's pretty much all I got. You got anything Cornell?
1: I can't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Well, um,
0: everybody, thank you for listening. I uh, hope everybody has a safe and uh, fun holiday. Happy new year. Um, get out there, lift some weights, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. I think I'll, uh, we'll talk to you all later. Adios.